Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with co-host Samantha Tradilius, as always. Samantha, how are you today? I think I have a new word for you, though. It's my life wife. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fully accepting of that title. It's, it's that we can really just do anything together. And today is no exception, and we've got a great show. So let's just dive on in. Yeah, so we have with us Jenny Earl Hopkins today, and her business is Jenny Earl. Jenny, first of all, thank you for being here. Of course. And, you know, so many of our inspired episodes were really um, platforms to allow women uh, to get information out on their business and sort of talk them through how they started their business and how they grow their business that we can all get ideas from. But you are so much more than just talking about your business and how you grow it and how you get clients and all those the business challenges because your journey to get where you are today has been so full of peaks and valleys more so than I think most of us encounter in a lifetime. And so I really want to start there with sort of your your story the the background i i, I want to talk about your business but i sure. really want to talk about you and your path because i find that more inspirational than anything you could be doing with your business thank you yeah and there wouldn't be a business without without the rocky road that it took to get here so well see there's the, the there's the, the positive right there you wouldn't you <laughs> wouldn't have this business today if you didn't go through what you went through. Thank so let's you. dial it back to okay. the early days of Jenny Earl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before I was Jenny Earl. Before um, Jenny Earl existed. Yeah. So I, um, I kind of played life by the, this is how you should, um, you know, life in a box is like, check off all the things on Emily Post list of what you should want and how you should. So I was gung-ho after like, you know, funny, successful husband and like 2.5 kids and the whole thing. Um, friends, you know, dog in the backyard, the yes, whole thing, right? The whole thing. Yeah. I thought like, okay, you know, my parents That's what society still, tells us we should want. And yeah. Yes. To the expense of what we need to express in our life and um, us really as whole individuals. Um, so I, I played that game real hard and it, took me to a place where I was, I had two beautiful, healthy boys, little boys. I was 35. I did not recognize myself in the mirror and I was living. I mean, when I, once I finally kind of came to realize I was a hollow shell, I had always been an artist growing up and I had let all of that stuff go, all my creative expression. Um, so I started kind of from a desperate place, like moving the furniture around and making place for my art to happen. And that disrupted like my family life. And what are you trying to do? And why don't you want to be part of the family? And I'm like, I do. I just need to do this other thing. So it created Wait, hold like, on. moving the furniture disrupted the family. Yeah. Well, I wasn't playing the role that I agreed to play. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I was changing the dance steps, if you will, of, of the, of what I had agreed to be in my family. Um, so they, they put you, they really put you in a position of either, or you couldn't be who you needed to be for you and who they wanted you to be for them. Yes. Which it, I way, very sucks. much. Yeah. Well, and that, like when, when I began to, to feel depression, which I hadn't experienced that before. So I didn't really know what that was. And it was, it was after that question was put to me 
really clearly, like you either do this, like we've been doing it or you don't. Um, and then I started to go and, and it wasn't like voiced like that, but it was like the, all the things in the marriage were, um, coming to that, right. That pressure point. And so I started to experience a depression. I think my body was just like shut down and <laughs> can't go forward. Um, and I didn't really see any other possibilities. Um, and so sunk into a depression so severe that I ended up in the hospital for um, being at risk to myself. Wow. Because I did not see a possibility beyond what I've always been told, especially as I live in the South. Like we we are, this is supposed to be all I ever wanted. Healthy children, how, beautiful home. How you know, is, like, what is the real feeling in that that darkest, dark place where you end up in the hospital because they were fearful of what you would do to yourself? Like, how how did how did you feel internally? Like, do you just literally see black when you open your eyes? Like, what I, I've ne- I've I, yeah, I think so many of us have been through depressive moments, but I've never been in that deep dark total down in the bottom cave and it really I call it in my head it is a place where you cannot see so I I kind of when I was trying to explain it to people to to get to a point where somebody would even understand it enough to get me help because I was like I need help like I don't I don't know what's happening to me I felt like I was inside this you know two foot block of ice like I couldn't connect with other people people would try to to talk to me. It was just, I felt awkward. I just felt like I shouldn't be here. Right. And I was on the outside. Are they looking at you? Like you're married, you have a great husband. He's on the, how dare you, how dare you be in this? What could possibly be wrong with you? Right. Everything is beautiful. I had even, because I was so depressed, lost 30 pounds. So they were like, you're, things are really going in the right direction for you. And I think that now, um, and I don't know how many years ago this was, but I think now people are a little bit more in tune with mental health because it is more on the forefront, but you know, five, 10, 15 years ago, we, people weren't talking about these things. And a lot of times women were really silently suffering. Yeah. It was 11 years in January is how long ago it was. And it was amazing being married to a medical professional. My mother's a guidance counselor from a high school guidance counselor, like that, that there weren't the signs of like, Oh, we know what this is. You need because help. you and were you Jenny, help. like they, they deal I with that the in their professional lives. You're the daughter. You're the wife. This can't be what Jenny's going through. So I, and I was disappointing everyone in my life. I was disappointing my husband, not playing the game and not like had no energy I was disappointing my mother because I wasn't making my husband and my children happy. I was disappointing my friends because I like didn't want to, you know, their reaction was like, well, let's drink more vodka. <laughs> like, let's, right. Well, that's I was like, okay, let's try that. It was, it, it, yeah, the months in between, it was this desperate, like trying to feel anything. It was very numb. Um, but and when I got to the appointment part, not to interrupt you, but the, the, mm-hmm. that mental I, concept of that you're disappointing probably just amplifies everything else that's going on for you. Yes. Everybody was disappointed in me and I was doing all I could to be happily and happy and bubbly for the children and keep them like clean and fed and like go to the park. And it would just, that's as much as I could do for the day. Um, but they'd still be like, mommy, and I'm like, I can't, <laughs> mommy needs to lay on the couch right now. But it is, it's, it's like, there's a big vacuum on your energy that you, and that you don't know how to refill it. 
Um, but when, yeah, the, the morning that after, so I came to a point in the car, I had decided I was going to run my car off the road and, um, it felt like I was doing everyone a big favor, you know? And I sat in that, they had announced on the radio that there was black ice that night. And I was like, yes, this is perfect. Like I was out in the car by myself. And once that hit me how serious I was really like, I got excited that there was black ice on the road. I pulled over and just fell apart. I mean, thinking of my children, like learning how to screw the top on their toothpaste. I was like, I cannot miss these things. Um, there has to be something I'm missing. Like, so I, I got myself back on the road, got home, told my husband what had almost happened. And he took me to the hospital the next morning. Oh, so now we're going to take it seriously. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, and now I'm also crying. So thank you, Jenny, for the, the Tuesday, the Tuesday tears. My, my body is just shivering, not only because of what you had to go through, but the fact that you're able to share this part of you with the masses. And it's not just, us. I mean, you are very transparent about yeah. your journey. And, and I think it's so amazing because so many people aren't and they're shameful. And it's like this moment for you really helped establish who you become now. Because from that moment, like I, you know, I got checked in, I had cavity searches. Like it was, it was a serious thing oh, to go that sounds to great. a mental institution, but you know, I told them the truth I that I had no clue. And I really like from that moment on, it was like, I did die. And I am every, everything from that point on became a curious discovery of, does this make me feel strong or does this make me feel the same? Mm -hmm. Right. Does this feel different? Does this make me feel alive? So I, I became a student of life all over again. And so I spent six days in the hospital, got out. And I, I really treated myself like a newborn. <laughs> I was like, let's go feel. I mean, those first days I would come out in the morning, the kids would be in the front yard and we'd all like, you know, just sit in the yard and I would lean my foot over into the sunlight and be like, oh, that feels warmer. This feels colder. Like it was like, I had to retrain myself to hear my voice again, to know what I thought about things. Cause everything I had to that point, I had just been like, what, what should I do now? What, you know, like that didn't work. So I I'm listening to me now. hundred percent. Well, this is the, uh, this is the oxygen mask lesson, right? Like put your mask on first before you help others yes. for you. This became about it's time to put Jenny first so I can serve others. So I can be there for others instead of just doing what they needed you to do first. And Jenny got everything last. Yes. And there was this beautiful moment in the hospital. There was a 17 year old girl in there with me. And we were having craft time because that's real. That really happens in there. I was grateful for craft time. And she was staring at her blank piece of paper. You know, a blank piece of paper comes down in front of me. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> it caused her great anxiety as it does for a lot of people. I know like a blank sheet of paper and some paint. And I was like, Jimmy, to help get you started, like I could just, you know, draw out like a little landscape and you could paint it. She was like, that would be amazing. And I had this inkling of like, I am worth, I, I am worth something. Like I, I can be of value. And now, I mean, looking at it 10 years later and I'm a powerful, like dance in the kitchen type of joyful human. Um, yeah. That it took, it took me going all the way back 
to this really dark place to go, I am worth something like I should be on this planet. And yes, you are, because what you were able to create now with the next part of your life is this amazing company that I (laughs) found you on Instagram. And I was like, this shit is speaking my language. I went online and I bought everybody I know a trophy and it says it's a woman uh, I'm looking at right now with a bow and arrow and it says it ain't easy being a badass. And what are words for a woman who has gone through so many different things to now create these wonderful items. So tell us about what it is you're doing and how you kind of got this idea to get going. Yeah. Well, you know, climbing back out, making those choices, really dissecting and trusting myself before anyone else um, led me to this point that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am so much braver than I thought I was. I am so much strong. You know, I went through a divorce. I went through a business partner embezzled with our, my last company. Like I went through all these things. You you get out of the ice, you get out of this marriage. That's not serving you. You get out, you start your pet, you find a business partner. You guys launch a business. You're in love with it. Like it's, it's not like you came from this horrible place and you're, you're back heading to the top of the mountain again. And she rips you to shreds again. Right after we started dressing Miranda Lambert and Faith Hill, like we were just just almost making it, you know, and there's some self-sabotage. There's some, we could pick that apart on a, you know, but we don't have to. Um, It's a different episode. episode. We got a whole bunch of content there, I'm sure. (laughs) But like, once you find that, that place that you're secure and you're standing on your own solid ground, it takes a hell of a lot to knock you off of that again. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've found that for myself and I'm like, come, you know, hit me with your best shot. So it took, that was a very painful thing, but it, it took me less time to recover, stand tall, like, cause I was already standing on that solid ground I built for myself for like really being authentic. So like, yeah, it's yeah. going to take a hell of a lot more than that. It's me. Right. Now, do you not know where I came from? That's right. You don't know what I've been through. Um, yeah. Don't put dirt on my grave. Um, just yet. So <laughs> So I really felt like, and I studied costume design. I love the power of color um, and what it can do for us when we wear it or hold it, put it on our bag. So I was in this place where I was like, I really want to create something new. I was, you know, at an inflection point. I had a thousand, in my first time in my single parenthood, I had a thousand dollars that wasn't already spent. So I was like, okay, I had been thinking up. um, wanting to make people a talisman, something they could hold and look at where that would remind them that they are braver than they think. And it's not, I'm I'm not selling them bravery. I am selling them the reminder that they already have what they need to do all the things, build the life of their dreams. It is already within us. We are capable. So I thought back over my life as to what made me feel that way. And it was my grandfather's bandanas. His name is Earl. Yep. So I went down to the courthouse. I changed my middle name to Earl because I wanted to have him with me. And then I made this first Jenny Earl bandana, which was the first product we started selling. Um, So yeah, just in that very simple thing of like, here you go. I figured this out. You are braver. Listen to yourself. It's going to be good. (laughs) And women started to get it. They bought it. They wore armor. And it started to kind of take off. And now you've got a booming business with many different products. 
And yes. the bandanas are still like your mainstay, right? Is that is that the the big one? The or trophies have definitely eclipsed the bandanas. So people, we were bandanas for five years, just bandanas. And people were like, what's next? What are you going to do next? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like nothing felt quite right. And then my Stay parents tuned. came to town and brought me this box of my old trophies. And I was like, oh, these are fun. So I just started like putting them around the house. And then one of my friends went through something and I like popped the front off and wrote something encouraging on it. And I was like, oh shit, like that could be really fun. And so I started looking at like what kind of trophies are out there. And it wasn't just baseball players. There were like cowboys and, you know, horseshoe throwers and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, the trophy, we launched the trophies in July and it they're fantastic. Yeah, we for cannot our, keep up. For our listeners, <laughs> what they up. are are little, you know, trophies you could put on your, you know, bookshelf, whatever. And they are filled mm-hmm. with like the best little sayings. One of my favorites is the bird, and it's two fingers, one word. Is that what it is? Two words, one finger. <laughs> two words, one finger. Yeah, it's so good. That's what caught my eye the first yeah. time. Like, this is fantastic. Because who doesn't love a trophy? I know. And adults get to win trophies. Kids always get to win trophies, but like we need trophies. And we have people writing in like, I've never won a trophy in my whole life. Like it's my first trophy and I love it so much. Yeah. One of our new phrases that I love is manifest the shit out of that shit. And it's like a cheerleader <laughs> with the stars. They're hilarious. So They're just like really delightful reminders. Do you, uh, do you have a business partner in this adventure? No, no, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. Been there, yeah. done that. Ain't going I back. Have, yes. Listen. So you are you are online. Team. Samantha mm-hmm. found you on Instagram. You are online. You have a big online presence. You do also have a brick and mortar store, correct? Yes. It's a sweet little, it's right in the front of our studio, actually. We were able to take over some space in the back for shipping. And so we moved our shipping out of the front room. So people who cut, it's been really fun. Like people come in and they can get to see like the bandanas dying. They can see, you know, us putting the boxes for the trophies together. It's like kind of a see how, you know, walk behind the scenes. Kind and of where is this located? It's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on Marshall Excellent. Street. Excellent. I think we I'm need to be in North Carolina in a few weeks. I, we need a field trip. I'm guess I may need to swing by. Oh, that would be amazing. So do you find that like the online, did you, you had the online platform before you had the brick and mortar or did you have the brick and mortar first? No, the online. Do you find that yeah. having the brick and mortar is harder than like, where do you find, I mean, obviously the online sales are going to be 10 times because they're reaching so many more people, but do yeah. you find that part to be a nice addition to what you're doing? Or is it, because a lot of times people say having the brick and mortar is a lot harder because you got to staff it and it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's definitely a different it's a different energy to, to bring. Um, but I have really enjoyed, so I staff it on Saturdays. I mean, mainly because I don't want to pay someone else to do it. Um, and (laughs) through the week. So I'm like, I just pop out, (laughs) we put a bell on the door. We just pop out, you know, whoever in the team is here. Um, but on Saturdays and it's been this really nice time. Like I get to, to get face to face. You don't get that when people are just ordering, even though people send us great reviews and notes and stuff like that. Like, just watching, watching people shop, like listening to them experience things It it really as the creative lets you see it and feel like, oh, maybe they need this. Maybe they, they like a few different things have been created from specifically from that time we did these puffy vests over the holidays. And I keep, you know, putting little, but they're one of a kind vintage puffy vests that I've been putting snakes and horseshoes and stuff on. 
And um, that came out of me just like having time to sit around with our bandanas and with the stuff and like just start cutting stuff up and playing. So it's a really, it's a nice creative time. Do you find that, um, do you find you're in a space where you're like, you know, they always say like, when you like what you do, it's not work, which is like, I hate, I hate like the glow cliche sayings, but, but I really feel when we're speaking to you, like you're really enjoying what you're doing. (laughs) You know, I do it. I enjoy it very much. Um, it's definitely hard. Like we're with these trophies, you know, it's hard in a good way. We're going through supply chain issues and I'd never designed a box before. So I designed this box that's like really labor intensive to put together. I'm like, damn. So I'm like designing a new box or running out of, you know, so it's like, there's always challenges. I like that. It kind of feels like a game. Um, I definitely, you know, you got to monitor burnout for sure. And knowing that my brain produces less serotonin than other people's brains. Now that I know that from my amazing therapist, it's like, I definitely have to, to take care um, of myself and, and take things in strides. I take a nap almost every day. Good for um, you. God, you're, you're my daughter's it. spirit animal for sure. I love that. <laughs> it might only be 20 minutes, but I'm like, I need to to check out. So the, um, yeah, it is, it is a cliche, but I really, I'm told my son's this, I have a son going to college. It's like, you just figure out what you love to spend your energy on and what gives you energy and then monetize it. Like that's, that's the game of life. So you've, you've been through multiple lifetimes in your, um, relatively short time on earth you've had so far. So I feel like you're on, I don't know, uh, life number three or four, maybe five. At this point. <laughs> yeah. But you've you've talked about that to find the best version of yourself, you have to act from a place of courage and authenticity. So when you were going through a lot of what you went through, and not only just the depression and the divorce, but then the embezzlement and the rug being ripped out from underneath you, you had two children that you were, oddly, the law says you're responsible for them. Um, How authentic did you feel you could be with your kids as you were going through these struggles and tribulations? Because we we try to shield our kids from as much as we can. But there is there is something about being able to be authentic, even with children for um, understanding and sort of life with with grace. Um, How much did you share with the boys? And and so what happened? How how has your experience changed and grown them? Yeah, I um. I shared a lot through the embezzlement specifically. I decided, you know, I had tried to in my the early single parenthood of like putting on a brave face and everything's going to be fine. And like, yeah, we don't have organic milk right now, but we'll be fine. You know, because I was going to be OK, budget, like spaghetti yeah, but- again. Isn't it fun? Um, so trying to put on that brave face for them. Or that's what we say. Right. Um, and just make the best of what we had. Um like I purposefully didn't have a television in the house for the first year um, that we were on our own because I wanted that time to be like we cook, we wash the dishes together. We didn't have a dishwasher. So these these funny things that like just happened now are a beautiful like reminder and and routine for us that family time, like we still all cook together and stuff. It's really beautiful. Um, but yeah, then the embezzlement happened and knowing that the, I really felt like the best way to teach them how to recover, obviously they're going to get their hearts broken. Bad things are going to happen to them in their lives. They're going to have troubles with friends is like, I'm going to be really clear with them about how heartbroken I am about this person 
and the choices that she made and that it it it's okay to mourn that it's okay to grieve that and then watch me stand back up um, i love that i love that but, so much and yeah. they watch they watch they learn you know we had a, a similar situation a couple of months back with with a, a bad employee and it was just it was ugly and our and i got two kids 10 and 12 and so you do make that decision where you're like Okay, do I do I not share this part? But they're gonna know like something's fucked up. Like, like yeah, right. right. Why isn't this person around anymore? And I think I mean, and Stacy, you know, Stacy's had her own fair share of, of tough stuff, and she was always really real too with her kids. And I think now when both of you are on the other side, because you got the grown up, they appreciate it. I think. Mm-hmm. Would you not agree, Stacy? Yeah, they call themselves adults. It's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know the government would refer to them as adults, uh-huh. but let's be honest, but let's no, we, honest. um, it, it does, it there. does make for a, uh, a solid team of three, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's been, it's helped them when they're struggling to be able to be like, I'm having trouble with this or like this friend is really, you know, my 15 year old specifically is very open about his feelings. He felt like he needed therapy last year. He was just like, I think I need to see someone. I'm like, awesome. So glad you told me like, yeah, let's get that taken care of. Um, and why my older son, um, actually wrote his college essay. Cause he remembers me having the idea to like, maybe I'll make a bandana. And then six years later, I've employed seven people through a pandemic. You know, he's like, so he wrote his, college essay about that a lot of people say you can live your dream but I live with someone who gets up and does that every day and they what a like what a great testament to like you fucking did it like as a mom like I want to cry I have the chills again I don't know what's going on with me I mean but to have your little person like yeah like not a huggy kid so it's like oh my god you pay attention you know and they see Uh, how work they see how how I, I live always it. They, watching. You know. They, they yes. take it all in. They see it all. It may not seem like they are, but they always are. Yep. And then, you know, having, so Wyatt was recruited for basketball and having, that was, that's tough. Um, a lot of expectation, you know, and a lot of like self pressure and all this stuff. And um, I saw him struggle with stuff and come back to like, how can I be courageous? Like, that I can show up, you know, it's just, is it's a really beautiful thing to see your kids live the lessons. Um, it makes me very proud of them. I mean, I think anything we do that means anything starts with courage. Ruth underscore, I say underscore underline. I like it all. Just, it all starts with courage. And we all have courage. And I think so much, many of us like have different times in our life where we can feel courageous and then other mm-hmm. times where we can just feel utterly broken and lost and, you know, which way to go and, and how to like drum up that thing inside mm-hmm. of you that for you was able to create and do and dig out, you know, the embezzlement part is such a like tough part as a business owner too, because, you know, there's nothing like that. And I've had that happen before as well. And it is one of the worst possible. It's, it's like the absolute worst. And it's like a breakup, you know, it's awful. It's right. And you're like, why the fuck is this? What is the universe teaching me here? Like, what am I supposed to get out of this? So, you know, that time for you, I think was probably really tough, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. It's like, you know, if you, 
when you look back on something that 2020 hindsight, you can be like, oh, that probably taught me, you know, so it's like I I lived in a way that like I wanted to be fully right. I'm like, I need a husband. I need this. I need this beautiful house. I need structure around me. Then I stripped that part away. Like, no, I don't. I need, you know, and then I was like, I just need my best friend and we're going to start this business. And this is what we're going to do. She was my friend since kindergarten. I'm like, okay, we're doing this, but I had, you know, I'd still like had this person. And then when that got stripped away, it was like, you could go either way. You could be like, I'm all alone in the world. I am, you know, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And I would set a timer. I would let myself wallow in that for 20 minutes and then be like, all right, girl, let's get back to work. Like, what are we doing? Um, So, and then there are the other choices. I am on my own, but I am strong. I am brave. I, I will sit and listen to my heart. I will wait till it knows what it wants. We will move forward. You know, it's like, I will act on its behalf. So I really have this beautiful image of like, you sit when you're in that place, like you were talking about where you're like, I don't know what to do next. I'm totally lost. Just sit still, like, listen, you know, people know what they need and what they want. It's a hard thing to show up and say, I really want this because that means you have to follow through and do it, especially if you say it out loud, but you are capable of that. So like, yeah, that courage that it takes even to sit and listen and um, acknowledge the thing that we know we want. We know we all we need want. to wrap ourselves up in a be brave bandana. Yeah, that is what the, <laughs> the moral of the story here is. Jenny, you are yes. one of the most inspiring women we have spoken to. Where can our listeners find you? What is your website? And what is your Instagram? Yeah, JennyEarl.com. It's J-E-N-N-I-E-A-R-L-E and then dot com. And Instagram is, this is Jenny Earl. Amazing. All, yeah. I want every brush up against this brand to feel like a pep talk from your best friend. That's my main goal. I just don't want anyone to ever feel as lost as I did. I want to be that whisper in everyone's ear going, you got this. God, <laughs> and you do got it, girl. So thank you so much for sharing you. Everybody else get out sure. this week and be inspired.